Well, we're continuing our study in Revelation this morning. <clears throat> I do uh, want to encourage you that uh, the end is near. Uh, both in our study and uh, globally. Um, I didn't actually even intend that the way it came out, but that was pretty cool. Um, we're uh, we're going to round a corner here pretty soon. Um, and uh, the last few messages on Revelation will actually be uh, reasons to be joyful and rejoice as we look at the new heaven and the new earth. But we do have a few more judgmental ones to look at, and uh, that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're looking at the seven bowls of God's wrath, um, and they're pretty intense. So if you want to turn over to Revelation chapter 15, that's where we'll be in 15 and 16 this morning. Um, It would probably come as no surprise to you all that our culture is rather obsessed uh, with the idea of the end of the world. Um, At any given time, I'm sure that you could look at the movies that are in theaters, and there's probably at least one addressing some type of world apocalyptic scenario, Um, whether it's because 2012 is coming next year, and the Mayans stopped their calendar there, so the world's going to end. Uh, or a giant meteor from outer space is going to come and destroy the world. Or, um, as Matthew thinks will happen, a zombie apocalypse. <coughs> I mean, I tried to show him from Scripture that we don't see that anywhere, but he just, he just, he won't take it. So, um you know, or aliens going to show up and destroy us, take our planet for all of its wonderful resources. Or the uh, most recent buzz, some global virus that's going to spread like wildfire and destroy mankind. Or my personal favorite, Skynet becomes self-aware and robots take over the world. (laughs) But it's true, our culture is obsessed with this idea of the end of the world, the apocalypse, um, and we see it all the time uh, in media, television, film. Um, but we don't have to guess what's going to happen at the end of the world. We actually know what's going to happen at the end of the world. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Um, and interestingly enough, as we look through this, uh, we'll actually kind of see some of these aspects from some of these films um, all kind of mixed together. Uh, it's pretty interesting. So... Revelation chapter 15. In chapter 15, we, we join John once again as he describes the scene in heaven. Um, <clears throat> 15 and verse 1. He says, Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is finished. The wrath of God is finished. So this is the last of the plagues that we're going to see in the tribulation. Um, It's very near the end. And uh, the author says that it's the final outpouring of the wrath of God. So let's go on and read verse 2 in chapter 15. We'll finish the, the chapter here. It says, 
And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and all those who were conquered, who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass, with harps of God in their hands, and they sang with, uh, and they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, "Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God Almighty." Just and true are your ways, O kings of the nations. Who will, who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for their righteous acts have been revealed. And then after this, I looked, and the sanctuary of the tent of the witness in heaven was opened. And out of the sanctuary came the seven angels with the seven plagues clothed in pure, bright linen, with golden sashes around their chests. One of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the sanctuary was filled with smoke and the glory of God and from His power. And no one could enter the sanctuary until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. So we see yet again another just magnificent scene in heaven. We see a number of things. We see a sea of glass, uh, which we've seen before, right? Revelation chapter 4, it says, From the throne comes flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne there are seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was... Uh, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. So we've seen that before. We see the sea of glass once again. We see those who conquer the beast. We've seen this group before as well in chapter 7. Those that were martyred, they're clothed in white. And we see that they uh, are singing two songs. He says they sing the song of Moses. Uh, we see two songs of Moses in the Old Testament. One is in Exodus Chapter 15, you may know it. We have our own rendition these days called The Horse and Rider. And I will sing unto the Lord, for he is triumph gloriously. The horse and rider sail into the sea. Yeehaw! You don't see yeehaw in Exodus, but <clears throat> that's the song uh, referred to as the Song of Moses in Exodus 15. Uh, as well as in Deuteronomy 32, we see another passage referred to the Song of Moses. So, here it could be either one of those songs or both. Uh, and then we see the song of the Lamb, which um, we know what it is because it goes on to sing it. Um, the Lamb, of course, being Christ, uh, singing to Him that uh, He is great and mighty, that the world will know that He was God and that one day... Every knee is going to bow before him and confess that he is God. So this is the, the scene that we see prior to the seven bowls. <clears throat> now we've seen other seven judgments before, haven't we? What, what were the first seven? Can anybody remember? <coughs> yeah, or seals. The seven seals. Um... I think some translations probably call them scrolls. I don't remember. And then we saw another seven, which were the seven trumpets. 
And we, we know that the seventh seal uh, is the seven trumpets, right? Um, many believe, as do I, that the same is with the seventh trumpet. The seventh trumpet is, in fact, these seven bowls. So just as the seventh seal unfolds the seven trumpets, the seventh trumpet is the unfolding of these seven bowls. And as we see, God's judgment, His outpouring of His wrath, gets more and more intense. Uh, the trumpets are more intense than the seals. The bowls are going to be more intense than the trumpets. 1119, uh, Revelation 1119, uh, t- John talking about the seventh trumpet. He says, Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of His covenant was seen within the temple, and there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. If we look at the seventh bowl, I have to get these right in my head before I speak, which we will in a few minutes, we will see that the seventh bowl is flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, earthquake, and heavy hail. Uh, We also see here in this picture the idea of the temple of the Lord is opened. He says in the seventh trumpet that the temple of the Lord is opened. And here we see that the sanctuary or the temple, the seven angels are coming out of it. So it's my understanding, belief, and I could be very wrong, but that the seventh trumpet is the seven bowls. Um, And so that's what we'll see now. So Revelation 16 and verse 1, we will see the first of the seven bowls. So the angels are coming out of the temple. They're carrying um, the, uh, one of the four living creatures that we've talked about before, hands them these golden bowls full of the wrath of God. It's quite a picture, isn't it? And it says the place is just filled with smoke. After they come out of the temple, it's the temple's filled with smoke, the glory and the power of God. And it's so great that no one can go back into the temple until this process is done. Now, as I was reading this, I just kind of imagined these giant walks full of wrath, just steaming, and it was just kind of a crazy picture to me. And I also thought this idea is, thus far we've kind of seen maybe the sprinkling of God's wrath but now he's just going to take the bowl and he's just going to pour it out, dump it all out. His full wrath. So, we're very near the end, I believe, of the tribulation now. This is very near the end. We'll see that this is going to go right up to Armageddon. Um, Most commentators believe, as to I, that these seven bowls are going to happen fairly rapidly in sequence with one another. Uh, that this judgment is just going to be one right after another, right near the end. Um, and as you'll see, it uh, it makes sense. I think uh, if they were prolonged too long, <clears throat> mankind would not be able to survive. So, Revelation chapter 16, the first bowl. He says, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and harmful, painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. 
So the first sign we see is these painful sores. We've, we've seen them before. As we go through these, you'll see some similarities to some of the other uh, trum- um, trumpets and seals, as well as, uh, if you pay attention, we'll see a lot of similarities to the, the ten plagues that we saw in Egypt as well. Um, but the first is painful, uh, loathsome, or harmful sores came on the people. Uh, and this seems to be global. Um, and it's targeted at a specific group. And it's those who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. Last week we talked about the beast, and the beast is who? The dragon is Satan. The beast is the Antichrist. There's actually two beasts, right? The first beast is the Antichrist, and the second beast, or the false prophet. And then the dragon is Satan. Uh, and yet, as Benji talked about, the, the beast um, will be probably most likely indwelled by Satan as well, um, as what Revelation seems to teach. So those who bore the mark of the beast, which is 666, who worship the beast, uh, this plague is targeted directly at them. Um, now as we go through these, I'm not really going to try and speculate how these things are going to happen. We could try. We could say this is what's, this is the way it could happen, and it could. Um, or you know what? Everyone could wake up one morning, and they could all have sores and blisters all over. God could just do it in the middle of the night. you know. Or maybe it will be some type of plague that spreads rapidly like contagion. Um, we don't know. Um, we don't know if God will use natural means to bring about this wrath or whether they'll be supernatural. I tend to think that at this point, uh, near the end of the tribulation, that God's going to do a lot of these things supernaturally without explanation so that mankind knows this is the wrath of God. Now, again, that's just my opinion. I could be very wrong. Verse 3, the second bowl. It says, The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became like blood of a corpse. And every living thing that was in the sea, and every living thing died that was in the sea. Now we saw a similar thing with the second trumpet, didn't we? In Revelation 8.8 it says something very similar, only that a third of the sea was turned to blood. But here that we see the totality of the sea, all of the oceans, will be turned to blood. That's a pretty crazy thing, isn't it, to think about. Every living creature in the ocean will die. That's pretty crazy. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the stench of that? Can you imagine looking out over the ocean and just seeing just dead, rotting fish everywhere? Again, we could speculate as to how this is going to happen. There's uh, a thing in nature called red tide when the ocean actually <coughs> looks like it's red and it has something to do with some type of microscopic bacteria or something. Um, and a lot of people think that's what's going to happen. It might, but you know what? God might actually literally turn the ocean into blood. We don't know. But what we know is it's going to be catastrophic. 
you think back to, uh, was it last summer? It's probably been much longer than I think. When was the BP oil spill? It's been a couple of years, hasn't it? just seems like... It was last summer? Okay. And that was a big deal, and everybody was making a big hula about it. And, I mean, it did affect a large area of the ocean and killed a lot of animals, and everybody was cutting off their hair and making little bales of hair to keep it together. And, uh, but that was just a confined area. Think of the global oceans. And our, our world is, what, 75%? water, a lot of that being the oceans. Imagine all of it being turned into blood or like blood. Every living creature in the ocean died. Ridiculous, huh? Third bowl. The third bowl. It says, the third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water and they became blood. Again, we see something similar to the third trumpet, although again the third trumpet was one-third of the waters, but here we see uh, all of the rivers, all of the springs. So not only are all of the oceans turned into blood, but all of the fresh water as well. The totality, I like that word, I probably say it a lot this morning, the totality of the waters on the earth are turned into blood. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if you had gotten up this morning and you turned on your shower and instead of water coming out of the faucet of your shower, blood came out? How disgusting would that be? Can you imagine, and we've seen these scenarios in movies all the time, if there's no more clean water on the earth, can you imagine the remaining bottles of water what they're going to be worth, how people are going to fight over the little bit of water that's going to remain. You know, maybe they'll figure out some way to clean the water and produce something that's mildly drinkable. I don't know. We don't know. No idea. But can you imagine a global water shortage? How crazy would that be? And this is why I think that these are going to be very near the end and happen in quick su succession because the population just would not be able to sustain without water. We need water to live. Verses 5 through 7, um, we see a, a song, as it were, from, from the angels. Verse 5, it says, And I heard the angel in charge of the water say, just are you, O Holy One, who is and who was. For you brought these judgments. For they shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you gave them blood to drink. This is what they deserve. The angel's saying, this is poetic justice. These people have slain your saints. They have shed their blood. And what you have done... It's what they deserve. They shed blood. You have given them blood to drink. Um, my wife teases me because I, I often make up songs while we're at home that are fairly ridiculous. 
I, I tend to sing about, you know, whatever I'm doing. Or I make up a lot of songs about our dog because he's kind of dumb. <laughs> um, or our, our new baby that's on the way. And uh, so my wife kind of teases me about this. But I think here that we see this is uh, a very scriptural thing because we see the angel just kind of making up a song about what's going on right now. So it's just that I'm more spiritual and more prepared for eternity. It's I'm practicing to making up songs about what's going on around me. So that's just a quick side note. Um, but the angel recognizes here uh, the poetic justice of what's happening, uh, that these people... Uh, have rejected God, they have rejected His people, they have slain His people, His saints, His prophets. They have shed their blood, and now in turn, the Lord has returned to them blood to drink. And that's the third bowl. The fourth, verses 8 and 9, it says, The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch the people with fire. And they were scorched by a fierce heat, and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give Him glory. So this is pretty intense. Can you imagine this? We, we know from science that our earth is pretty much in its perfect position in the lineup with the planets and a distance from the sun. And from what I understand, if the the earth were just, you know, a foot or more farther away, it would be too cold to sustain life on earth or just a fraction closer to the sun, um, it would be too hot. Again, I don't want to speculate as to exactly what's going to happen here, but we know that something with the sun, whether it's the sun's going to be coming near the end of its life and going to blow up or, or just get hotter, or you know, who knows what the Lord will do, but it will be allowed to scorch um, the earth. At least we know it's going to get ridiculously hot and that if you walk outside, it sounds like you might get instantly sunburned. Um, You want to share any experiences with us? No, I saw that snicker. Um, Jess and Chelsea got pretty sunburned this summer while sitting on the lake. It was pretty bad, huh? Yeah. So we see that the 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 sun will be allowed to scorch the earth. This will be uh, the real global warming, if you will. I don't buy into this global warming stuff. Uh, but here we will see true global warming, and it's, it's going to be a terrible thing. And we see that it seems that the people have some type of recognition that this is from God. This is a plague from God. And yet, they don't repent, do they? It says they do not repent, they do not give Him glory. We truly see how hard the hearts of men are. The fifth plague, sorry, yeah, plague, bowl. The fifth bowl, verses 10 and 11. 
It says, The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. So we see the fifth bowl, and we see once again that this bowl is directly targeted at someone. It's targeted at the beast and then targeted at his kingdom. And it says that it will be plunged into darkness. And that the people will gnaw their tongues in anguish and curse God because of their pain and sores. Now whether this will be additional sores or uh, whether uh, I'm inclined to think this is back to the first plague, that the sores that, they, that still remain. Um, but that the kingdom of the beast will be plunged into darkness. Uh, we will see later uh, the beast kingdom is referred to Babylon. Um, and I'm not going to talk about that too much because we'll talk about it in the coming Sundays. Um, but there's some debate as to whether Babylon is just in reference to some other uh, city. Some believe that you know, Rome will be the center of his kingdom. Um, others believe that Babylon will be literally rebuilt. Uh, that's the one I tend to side towards. Um, but again, we have no way of really knowing. Um, but we do know here that the beast, the Antichrist, uh, will have his kingdom on earth and it will be the central uh, kingdom of the world power. And that the fifth bowl here is directed <coughs> directly at the beast. Um, you know, up until now, it seems like maybe the, the, the Antichrist, the beast, has been outside of these plagues and here we find one directed directly toward him directly toward his kingdom um, plunged into darkness the sixth bowl is a little more obscure the, these others are pretty kind of easy to understand but in verse 12 we we read this. It says, The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and the water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. The Euphrates River is, is talked about a lot in Scripture. Um, and it's, it's kind of a, a dividing line uh, between east and west. You can see it. this big black line here is the Euphrates. And so we have a lot of the the um, the Eastern empires over here, Russia and you know China and Japan and all those large groups are over here somewhere. If I'm wrong, please don't make fun of me. I'm very bad with geography. Um, and then you know everything over here is 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 west of the Euphrates. So the Euphrates has kind of been a you know a large dividing line uh, between east and west. And so the idea here is that the Euphrates will be dried up so that the armies, it says, from the east can march towards the west into the Middle East. We see here the kings uh, assembling for Armageddon. Um, now whether the empires of the east believe that they can fight uh, and conquer the beast and and take over the world we don't know but we 
we see uh, this begin. Verse 13 and 16 goes on to describe what will happen next. It says, And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet three unclean spirits like frogs. And they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for the battle on the great day of God the Almighty. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and seen exposed. And they assembled them at the place that is that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. So again we see the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. I think it's interesting uh, that Satan desires so much to be like God, to be God, that he goes so far as to mimic the Trinity. Have you guys seen that? Do you see that? We have the dragon, which I think is you know, his idea, it's him, it's Satan wanting to be God. Then he has the Antichrist and the false prophet. He wants so much to be God, to be like God, that he mimics the Trinity. I find that very interesting. But we see here that they send out demonic spirits into the world. And the purpose of these demonic spirits is to go to all the nations of the world, to all the kings, and to influence them to come and assemble as well and fight. And it very may well be that these kings are under the impression that they're fighting uh, for the Antichrist, for Babylon to defend it. They're going to fight east versus west, this giant world war. But we see that um, Satan is assembling them not for a world war against each other, but before the coming Armageddon because Christ is coming. And this is going to be his last stand. He's not afraid of the kings of the east. But Christ is returning and he's assembling the world to fight. And we see here as well that ultimately it's God who is in control. Satan may be thinking he's the one who's doing it, but we see it's God who's in control of this sixth bowl. It's God who is going to bring the nations together. And it's God who is in control of the end. The nations are assembling for this final battle. Armageddon. Armageddon is from the Greek, Armageddon, and it is two Hebrew words, har, meaning mount, and Megiddo, which is an actual mountain. So, um, Mount Megiddo is a, a mountain near the city of Megiddo, which kind of makes sense. And it is in the plain of Estralon. Do you know if I, anybody know? I said that right? Sounds right? Cool. I just need to get in the habit of saying things like confidently. So even if you think I said it wrong, you're like, oh, maybe he's right. Maybe that is how you say it. So it's in the plain of Estrelon. And this is a, this is a famous area. It's, it's, uh, it's been seen a lot throughout history. Um, I have a quote here from uh, Edward Daniel Clark in his book, uh, Clark's Travels. 
He says, It's been a chosen place for encampment in every con- contest carried on in Palestine from the days of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Assyria, unto the disastrous march of Napoleon Bonaparte from Egypt to Syria. Jews, Gentiles, uh, Sarsians, Christian crusaders, anti-Christian Frenchmen, Egyptians, Persians, uh, Drusus, Drusus, <laughs> Turks, Arabs, warriors of every nation that is under heaven have pitched their tents in the plain of Estralon and have beheld the banners of their nation wet with the dews of Tabar and Hermon. So we see this is, this plain has, has been involved in much war, much bloodshed over the course of our, our history. And, and, this is, and this is where it's all going to end. Armageddon. Today we use this word as, a, as the idea of the, of the end, but it's actually a place. And it's a real place. And it's where the nations of the world are assembling and it's where Christ will come and destroy them. It'll be the end. The seventh and final bowl. Verse 17. It says, The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple and from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake such as there had never been since man was on the earth. So great was the earthquake. The great city was split into three parts. The cities of the nations fell, and God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of wine of the wrath of his fury. And every island fled away, and mountains were, uh, and no mountains were to be found. And great hailstones, about 100 pounds each, fell from heaven on the people. And they cursed God for this plague of hail, because the plague was so severe. Man, this is intense, isn't it? Pouring out the full final wrath of God. This earthquake is going to be just tremendous. It sounds like it's global. The entire earth. Can you imagine the entire earth? An earth-wide earthquake? It says the mountains will be no more. Mountains will crumble. It says that the islands fled away. Islands are just going to crumble and sink into the sea. Babylon, it says, is split into three parts. Never been seen since man was on the earth. So great was the earthquake. It says... Babylon the Great to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath. To drain it dry. And then can you imagine a hundred pound hailstones? Can you imagine the damage and the devastation those would make? I mean imagine this ridiculous earthquake 
we see lightning, rumbling, peals of thunder. So uh, it's pretty evident there's probably a ridiculous storm going on at the same time. But just everything crumbled. Nowhere to play, to hide now because I'm sure you know structures, buildings are just going to collapse. And then all of a sudden there's these hundred pound hailstones falling from heaven. I mean, I can't imagine over the course of these seven bowls what the death toll is going to be in the world. I mean, we already have seen from the seven seals and the seven trumpets where um, the horsemen are given, you know, a fourth of the world is, is, is killed because of pestilence. Um, I can't remember them all. But we've already seen ridiculous death tolls. And yet here we're going to see, I think, you know, I think we're going to get to Armageddon and there really aren't going to be that many people left. God is pouring out His full wrath on mankind. Judgment's coming. Again, we see these movies all the time and we like to watch them and our culture's obsessed with them. And I think a lot of times we... We're okay with that because we think 2012, that'll never happen. Zombie apocalypse, that'll never happen. And it won't. (laughs) But the end is coming. The judgment is coming and it is going to be tremendous. It is going to be awesome. And we this morning can rejoice in the fact that we won't have to go through that. And just like we've said with all these other past sermons, we need to this morning grasp the seriousness of this. We need to understand the seriousness of what's going to happen. And that needs to motivate within our hearts a love and a passion and a compassion for the world around us. Because they need to go know that The wrath of God is coming. It is going to be poured out upon the world. And it's going to be terrible. So we need to let the world know. We need to not take this lightly. And it says this is the end of the wrath of God, but it's it's not the end of the wrath of God. This is the the end of the outpouring of God's wrath upon the world during the tribulation. But it's not the end. Because we know that hell is real. We know that it exists. And as we go on, we will see that those that have rejected Christ will experience the wrath of God for all eternity. And we can see here just a a glimpse of the seriousness and the magnitude of what it looks like, feels like, to see the wrath of God poured out. So let us take this seriously. I want to close with one thought. In verse 17 it says, 
the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done. Where else have we heard that phrase uttered in Scripture? By the same person. The cross. At Calvary, the Lamb, Christ, the same one, uttered those same words, It is done. And again, in reference to the wrath of God. And yet, at that moment, the wrath of God wasn't being poured out on me and you, was it? It was being poured out on Christ. The same wrath that we were going to see in the end, wrath for sin, for a sinful human race, the full wrath of God was poured out on Christ for us so that we guys this morning can sit here and rejoice in the fact that we don't have to experience the wrath of God because Christ already took it for us. Because as we sung this morning, and I'm kind of putting him on the spot here, uh, but just do you think we could sing uh, the first verse and chorus of um, He Has Paid It All one more time? Um, as Jess is coming up, I just want you to think about that this morning. The full wrath of God. And He too said, It is done. It is finished. No more condemnation do we have in Christ. I think it's the final verse. I can't remember what it, what it says of, of the song, but it says something to the effect that I'll, I'll stand before the throne and these words I'll repeat that Christ has paid it all. The wrath of God was poured out on Him so that we might be forgiven, so that we might one day stand in glory before the Father, redeemed, clothed in those white garments that we've seen time and time in Revelation, pure. What a tremendous thing it is that we will not have to experience the wrath of God for sin. And we need to share that with the world. And I need you all to remind me daily that I need to share that with the world. Because the end is coming. Let's sing that song one more time. You stand with us.